peace with God. We must be at peace with God. That's where it all begins. God wants, and you, you know it from studying the Bible, especially in the beginning of creation when God created this world and then he created the man and the woman, that God desires to have a personal relationship with us. But can I also tell you that God desires to have a peaceful relationship with you? God doesn't want something between you and him. Our iniquities have separated us between us and our God. Uh, nothing between my soul and the Savior. God wants to have this relationship with, Jesus said it this way in John 14, peace I leave with you. My peace, notice how he says it, my peace. He says, I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Hey, how many of you want God's peace tonight, right? Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. See, look, this world, they can talk about world peace. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Robert knows this is true, and many of you do too. There's never going to be peace in the Middle East. There never has been. There never will be. You know why? Because of the human nature. Because of, of the fighting and the wars and all the things, the hatred, the bitterness, but listen, can I tell you that there is peace with God? Notice, first of all, that peace with God is available. God has desired that his peace would be shared with everyone, that all would benefit from his peace. Look at John 16 there in your notes. Jesus said this, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. See, he says that in me you might have peace. See, peace with God is available. Look at Romans 5.1. He says, therefore, being justified by faith. Anybody here tonight justified? You know what that means? You're saved. Anybody else justified tonight? I think, I think just about everybody, hopefully everybody here tonight has been justified by faith. But watch this. If you've been saved, look at Romans 5.1. Because we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. Look at the rest of that statement. Through who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, our peace, see, a lot of people turn to different forms of, of religions of the world, meditations, and so on. But you and I, as Christians, we should be thankful that our God is a God of all peace. He desires, as our Heavenly Father, to have a peaceful relationship between a father and his child. See, God wants to have it. Look what the Bible says in Philippians 4, 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. I want God's peace with me as I walk with him. Listen, as I read the word of God and I apply the word of God to my life, listen, God's peace as we spend time walking with him in his word, here's what's going to happen. His peace will come into our hearts. It'll be evident in our lives. And so we see tonight that we have to be at peace with God. But God's peace, it's available to all of us. Every last one of us. Notice the letter B, that peace with God is available, as we said, through Jesus Christ. See, it's not available through the church. The church can't give you peace. Going through a baptismal pool will not bring peace in your life. The only place that you will find peace is in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord 
Jesus Christ. We all know what happened when man fell and they sinned in the garden. That sin, it brought hostility and conflict between man and God. Now listen, understand, God's never been pleased with our sin. Notice Romans 5.12. Wherefore, as by, notice the Bible says, one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sin. Now, if you go back and study the Word of God, here's what you find. Many people call the time of creation when God created man and woman. The Bible says they were created in the image and likeness of Almighty God. In other words, they were created, many times we say it this way, in innocence. But because they chose to disobey God, that's the wherefore as by one man's sin. Now, before that happened, man, Adam and Eve at that time, they enjoyed fellowship with God. God came down to the garden. He walked with them in the cool of the day. I mean, they didn't know that they were naked and they didn't know all those types of things. Their eyes like that had not yet been opened up. But listen, when they sinned, understand, God is a holy God. And because of that, God cannot accept sin. So how in the world would God and man ever be brought back together again? That's where Jesus comes in. Jesus bridged that gap. Jesus was the man and the one who restored man back to God because Jesus came down to us. Are you understanding? Listen, that's where peace comes in. Because without God, listen, we all know what this world's like without God. Uh, you, any of you work with unsaved people? You, you know what I'm talking about. But see, with God, there's a peace in our hearts. And we understand that peace with God is available. Look at, when you think about what Jesus did for us, look at Colossians 1.20. Look what the Bible says. Having made peace, notice how he did it, through the blood of his cross, by him, Jesus to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So folks, listen, without the Lord, we can't have this peace. But can I tell you that it's available to everyone and it's available through Jesus Christ. When you search for peace, you will find it in only one place and that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see tonight from the Word of God this fruit of peace that we must be at peace, first of all, with God. How many of you tonight would say in your heart, I'm at peace with God tonight? I hope that's, I hope that's your testimony in your life because, listen, that's where it all begins. Because, listen, if we cannot get along with others the way we should if first and foremost we're at peace with God. That has to be there. But then notice number two builds on that, that secondly, if we're at peace with God, we must be at peace within. We're talking about in us. Again, a lot of people are searching for peace, and here's what they think many times. Hey, listen, if I just maybe move from this state to this state, or I move from this house to that house, a lot of times it's geographical, it's based on location. It's the old adage, you know, the grass is greener over there. And many people have tried that, only to realize that it's no better over there than it was where they left. They don't have any more peace over there than they had over here because, 
Again, peace is not something that comes from this world. Jesus said, my peace is what you need in your lives. See, if we don't have peace in our hearts, it doesn't matter where we're at. The, the multimillionaire John D. Rockefeller, the man had everything. But the reality was is that Rockefeller was never satisfied. He was never satisfied. Real peace comes from God above. So notice, first of all, when we think about being at peace within, that peace is a grace of the Holy Spirit. It's a grace of the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is something that we have to understand because there's a, there's a root issue here in many people's lives. And somebody put it this way. They said, where there is a fruit problem, in other words, if there's not peace, God's peace there, then there's a good chance there's a root problem. There's something in the heart. See, these are fruits of the Spirit. And they ought to be there. They ought to be evident in our lives. If we're not rooted in Jesus, and guess what? The fruit that we're bearing is not going to be good fruit. It's going to be rotten fruit. Look what the Bible says in Philippians 4. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, notice, the peace of God shall keep your hearts and minds. Here it is again through Christ Jesus. See, God's peace is beyond our understanding. When we go to God, here's, here's the great for us. This is a great thing. God wants us to bring our burdens to Him. Cast your cares upon Him who careth for you, right? Is that Bible? See, God doesn't want us to carry, because listen, when you're carrying your burdens, are you at peace? Not at all. But when you bring your burdens to Him, listen, and I, I guarantee you, across this auditorium tonight, there is someone here tonight that has a burden, and you're doing everything you can to carry that burden, but can I tell you that the fruit of the Spirit, which is the fruit of peace, it's not there in your life because you are trying to carry that burden. But listen, if you will bring your burden to him, guess what he's going to give you? He's going to give you his peace. So he says, look here, let me take that off of you. And as soon as he lifts that off of you, guess what comes? The peace of God that passes all understanding. Folks, I'm going to tell you, it is a Bible principle. We need to make sure that we don't let the pressures of life draw, draw us away from God. The truth is, the pressures of life should draw us closer to the Lord. Allow those things, and as we do that, we're going to experience the peace, again, that passes all understanding. So notice, it's a grace of the Holy Spirit, this matter of peace. But then notice letter B, God's peace is something that is sustained by the Word of God. The peace that God is talking about, it's an inner peace. Listen, one thing that gives me peace is if I keep Calvary and the cross before me. If I think about what Jesus did, that should bring about a peace in my life. And look what Isaiah said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Anytime you start to think about what you're going through. Can I tell you that no matter what you face in life, it will never, never, never compare to what Jesus went through for us. And you know what that ought to bring? That ought to bring peace. Let your mind be stayed 
on the Lord. God put this theme this year, the cause of Christ. It, it's a constant reminder to me that I need to have the peace of God. I need to let my mind be stayed on the Lord, this perfect peace that he talks about. How about this verse? This is one that I've loved over the years, but a lot of Christians struggle with this one. Psalm 119, 165. What's the first two words? Great peace. Now watch this. Have they which love thy law. Now the word law is in reference to what? To the word of God, right? So listen, how many of you love the Bible? It's God's word, right? If we're Christians, we should love the word of God. And the Bible says, great peace, not just peace, great peace have they which love thy law. And look at the rest of the verse. You're not going to like it. And nothing shall offend them. How many people get so offended? Christians, they get their nose out of joint. You know, somebody sat in my seat. You know, uh, somebody parked in my parking place. You know, I mean, it, it, does, it takes absolutely nothing for us to get offended. Can I tell you that if you have the peace of God that passes all understanding, then realize that if you are like that in your life, that there is nothing in your life that should bend you out of shape. Because listen, if you get worked up about something, then you don't have that peace of God. As a matter of fact, there's a good, there's a good uh, case there that you are maybe not saturating your heart and your mind with the Word of God. Because again, our minds need to be stayed on Him. And we need to understand that, listen, if we love the Word of God and God gives us that peace, it doesn't matter who, who sits in my chair. It's not my chair anyway. Nobody's names on these chairs. Nobody's names on any of the parking places. You know, listen, can I tell you, it's not worth it. You know, my sisters called me before church and they were asking me some stuff, you know, and you know, I, I knew the time was going to come when they were going to call and talk to me about some of my dad's things and so on. You know, and I told my sisters, I said, honestly, I said, I'd love to have a lot of that stuff. I said, but the reality is, I said, most of it's just things. I said, those, those things might bring a little bit of enjoyment, but I just told them, I said, listen, I said, there might be a few things that I might want just because just it was my dad's. I said, to be honest with you, I said, I just have a peace, you know, and, and listen, some things in life, they're just not worth it. Don't let them steal the peace that God has for you. Understand that, that God's peace, it's sustained by the word of God. Look at Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. I mean, folks, listen, doesn't get any more clear than that. Our soul, your soul and mine, it's very vulnerable. But listen, God intends for his peace to rule in our lives. God's peace is intended to preserve our hearts and help us to understand what God's purpose is in our lives. But listen, when, we've got our, when we're carrying our burdens and we're getting worked up about things, we don't have the peace of God. And we need God's peace in our lives. We need to have that evidence, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So understand tonight that we must be at peace with God and we must be at peace within. Now watch this. We're talking about peace with God. That's where it begins. Then watch this. Then it's peace within. Okay, now look at number three. Then thirdly, we must be at peace in relationships. See, that's peace without. See, how do we deal with things that are outside of us? 
You know, a lot of us, we're our own worst enemy. But listen, now we're talking about our relationships. Do you know that most, not all, but most of the problems in life are people problems? You realize that, right? <laughs> you know, the old preacher said one time, he says, he said, man, the ministry would be great except for people. You know, can I tell you, if there's no people, there's no ministry. But anytime you have people, you're going to have problems. And we have to understand that as we have these relationships, listen, we must be aligned vertically before we can ever be aligned horizontally. In other words, until we're at peace with God vertically, we're never going to be right with others. If you study the Ten Commandments that were given, when God gave those commandments, they were on two tables. The two tables represented the same thing. The first table represented man's relationship with God. The second table re represented man's relationship with man. See, if this is right, watch this. If I'm right with God, I'll be right with others. You see, many times we're not right with God. That's why we're not right with others. I told my three sisters, I said, listen, I don't think they expected to hear this. I said to them, I said, listen, I couldn't be more proud of the three sisters that I have, and I just want the three of you to know that you've been such a blessing to me. And I apologized to them. I said, listen, you have been dealing with things and doing things for my mother and father, and I haven't been there for one, one bit of it. I said, now, I didn't pick this, I didn't choose this, and to some degree, they know that, but the reality is, is listen, I wanted them to know. See, I, I, that relationship, I don't want things. You know, have you ever dealt with that with a, maybe a loved one passing? People start fighting over things, and then you're like, really? We're fighting over a piece of China? You know, what does it matter? I'd rather have the peace of God. There's nothing greater than God's peace. And so when we think about these relationships, look what the Bible says in Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with who? All men. Look at what it says. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. See, once we're at peace with God, folks, there are three areas. If we're right with God, there's three areas in our lives that need the presence of peace. Look at the first one is that we need to make sure that we have peace in our homes. Peace in our homes. You know, here's, a, here's an easy question to ask. Would Jesus feel comfortable in your house? I mean, that, that pretty much settles it right there. Because if there's peace in your home, Jesus would have no problem coming into your home. See, a lot of homes, a lot of Christian homes, there's a lot of turmoil going on. A lot of things happening in the home. See, when a home is filled with backbiting and fighting, listen, God's peace, when all that's going on, God's peace is being rejected. Because people are fighting. And by the way, Satan loves to destroy the home. He loves to get into the homes do a job on, on dad and mom and the kids. And you know, when you find that happening, can I tell you that oftentimes, just like in the life of Job, that God won't take the attacks away. But here's what he'll do. God will actually provide a peace. Remember that peace that passes all understanding? God will provide a peace that allows us to live out every day of our lives contentedly. God gives us that peace. Look, we can invite the peace of God into our homes. How do we do that? By recognizing God's presence. 
You know, that, that, listen, I want God's peace in my home. I hope that's what you desire is, listen, in our relationships between husband and wife and between parents and children, we need to have God's peace in our home. But notice another place is we need to have peace in our churches. Now, you know, again, I, I'm so glad for our church. I mean, to my knowledge, there's, there's nothing, no issues here in our church, and I'm glad for that. We had a lady that recently visited, and she made a little comment. She said, she said, I, I just, nobody talked to me. I didn't feel welcome. And I'm like, was she at our church? You know, and, and then I talked to somebody that said, I talked to her after church and gave her the, gave her the, the visitor gift and, and uh, we've, we've invited her back. I don't really know what happened there. But listen, the Bible tells us there needs to be peace in our churches. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 33. The, and it says, for God is not the author of confusion, but he's the God of peace. He's the author of peace as in all churches of the saints. When there's fighting going on among the members, brothers and sisters in Christ, you know what that is? That's a sign of immaturity. That, that, that fighting ought not to be there. The Bible says that we need to be endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Uh, we need to get along for the cause of Christ. We need to work on being a better member of the body. That there is peace in our churches but then notice another area in our relationships, and this gets even broader, is there needs to be peace in our world. Now, again, I mentioned it earlier, but folks, listen, we all know that peace is not going to come uh, through the White House and our president. You know, and peace is not going to come through the United Nations or any other organization. The only way that we're going to have world peace, listen, is by preaching Jesus Christ. That's the only way, because listen, he's the prince of peace. People need to know him, and the more people that come to know Jesus, the better this world's going to get. That's our only hope for peace. And the Bible says in Romans 3, the way of peace they have not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. I'm glad for some, some friends, they're not close friends, but I'm glad for some preacher friends that on a weekly and monthly basis, God positioned them in Maryland and in Washington, D.C., and on a weekly to a monthly basis, they go into our nation's capital and go through the hallways and go door to door with the congressmen and senators and all the, all the politicians in, in, uh, in Washington, D.C., and they, they go in there with their Bible in their hand, with the gospel in their heart, and they try to win those politicians to Christ. And by the way, they are seeing some being saved. You just never see that on the news. You know, they, they're never going to talk about this senator got saved today or came to know Christ. But listen, it's a wonderful thing because just like Paul said in the book of Romans, the way of peace have they not known. It, listen, you know what those pastors are doing and other Christians that are joining with them? Same thing it says in Ephesians 6.15, let your feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know what that means? That means that you and I as Christians right here in Pembroke Pines, we need to be able to make sure that we are able to give an answer that anyone that would ask of us of the hope that lies within us. In other words, what the Lord's done for us, how Jesus has saved us, how his peace can be their peace if they would just accept him as their savior. We need to be telling people, we as Christians also need to be praying. The Bible instructs us to pray for 
our leaders in government, for national leaders and for world leaders. Look, it's for sure we can't change them, but we know someone that can, right? The Lord can change anyone. Look what the Bible says as Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2. He says, I exhort you, therefore. Now, watch these words. He says that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and the giving of thanks be made for, notice, all men. Now, look at this phrase. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come under the knowledge of the truth. Sounds to me like God wants everyone, even politicians. God would love it if our president and everyone that has opportunity to come to know him as their Savior. And the Bible tells us that we should pray for them. Listen, even as we think about these leaders, I mean, no doubt, they as leaders, they hope to bring peace into this world. But we know what the Bible says, that although they want that, there's not going to be any lasting peace until Jesus comes again, until the Lord comes back. He's going to bring peace that this world has never known. Now look what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. I was talking to our folks in our starting point on Sunday, and I just shared a little bit with them as we were talking about some, some things about some prophecy and things to come. And I said, you know, the Bible talks about there's an individual called the Antichrist. And that individual is going to pose as someone who, and he's going to do this, he's going to promise peace. He's going to make all kinds of promises about peace, peace, peace. And guess what? Many will be deceived during that time period. That's the beginning of what is known as the tribulation, that first three and a half years. But if you study the Word of God, here's what's going to happen. At the end of the three and a half years, there's going to be what Daniel called the abomination of desolation, which is where he breaks that peace agreement with the entire world. See, folks, there's a lot of people, you know as well as I do, politicians will lie to you about everything to get in office. And what happens is people start to follow that. But listen, the Bible says, peace and safety, they will say, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. Look at Titus 2. The Bible says for us, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live, how about this, soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. But here's what we need to do. Looking for that blessed hope. Are you looking for him today? the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, one day Jesus is going to restore peace on earth. Christians, we should be looking forward to his coming. And listen, I hope it's soon. I really do. I hope the Lord's coming back. But can I tell you as we close tonight, listen, this world is a stressful place. There's no doubt about it. But can I tell you, with, without the, the rest that maybe we need sometimes, it is possible to live in this world as a Christian and still have peace. So how is that possible? Because we can have peace with God. Remember, peace is not the absence of trouble, it's the presence of the Savior. I want you to look at that quote that I gave you that I found. Somebody said this, Sometimes the Lord rides out the storm with us 
And other times, He calms the restless sea around us. Most of all, He calms the storm inside of us in our deepest inner soul. That's what God does. He brings that peace. And as we rest in Him, guess what's going to happen? That the fruit of peace, it's going to grow in our hearts. And we'll experience a calm even in the midst of the storms of life. How many of you like to have some peace, right? You know, you think about it, this world does not have peace. But as God's people, even as we live in this world, Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. It says, not like the world giveth peace, but he says, I want to give you my peace. Let's pray tonight. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the gift that you have given to us, the peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, especially as Christians trying to be salt and light. Lord, as people around us at work and our families, as they know we're Christians, and we get so stirred up and offended at things, oftentimes it's a lack of maturity, that we're not spending time in the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to have that great peace, that great peace that we need. And we know that that peace comes from Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.